Before we dive into today's episode, I want to tell you about a free three-act worksheet to help you structure your story. Whether you're a plotter or a pantser, a novelist or short fiction writer, this three-act worksheet will help you navigate your material and even begin each new story with a better plan. Download yours at nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Stop getting stuck in the middle of your draft. Go grab this free worksheet, nancypinuccio.com forward slash act. Now, we've all heard this maxim. We all have the same 24 hours a day, but that's not true. We don't all have the same 24 hours a day. Some of us are working multiple jobs while raising kids. Some of us have health challenges. Some of us are retired and have as much time as we want. We could write all the live long day. My 24 hours pre-motherhood was completely different than the 24 hours a day I had as a young mother, and it's completely different now as a working single parent. Writer Unleashed is for you, a writer who has a story you want to bring onto the page and into the hearts and minds of readers. I'm Nancy Pinuccio, writer, editor, and writing coach. And each week, we'll explore techniques, mindsets, and inspiration for writing stories readers can't put down. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's begin. A writer asks, what tips can you give for better time management? How do you make writing a priority when you have a hectic schedule? Oh my, one of the biggest challenges we face is maintaining a consistent, thriving writing practice while balancing family and professional obligations. This episode especially goes out to parents out there who are stretched in a hundred different directions on any given day. And I want to give a shout out to Maria, a mother of three, who wanted to know how to feed her passion for writing while honoring her reality. So beautifully put, and such a wise question. How do you integrate writing into your life? How do you let your writing coexist with the reality of all your other demands? This is something I have certainly struggled with, and I'm always recalibrating because my reality is always shifting. For example, last year during the pandemic, we were home all the time. My kid did school remotely. We rarely left the house which had its own challenges, of course, but this year school's in person and we're still not in the clear with COVID. So there's a lot of disruption with quarantines. And every time my kid gets so much as a stomach ache, he has to get a negative COVID test before he's cleared to go back to school. So reality throws a wrench, not just in our time to write, but our energy, our focus. So the question is, what do we do about it? 
How do we honor our desire to write with so much swirling around us and so much to distract us? Let me back up and tell you how I struggled with keeping a writing practice as a young mother. So back in 2008, 2009, when my now 15-year-old was a toddler, I started to feel desperate for some quiet time to write. There just came this point when it wasn't enough for me to be a full-time stay-at-home mom. I needed quiet time. And there wasn't any of that with an active toddler in the house. My kid was typically still jumping off furniture until 1am and my house always looked like it had been ransacked by wild chimpanzees. So as much as I adored my kid, I had no time to myself. I was stressed, exhausted, and it was painful. And I really felt that I had hit rock bottom. I was depressed, anxious, I was frustrated, I was cranky, and I was scattered. Now, if you're someone for whom writing is like breathing, something that's such a part of you that you need it to feel alive, but life keeps getting in the way, job, family, or just even the daily maintenance of living, you know how painful that can be. So I knew I had to turn this around so that I could embrace both motherhood and writing so that my real life could coexist with writing. So here's what I did. I took an online productivity course. I read books on time management, which is really more about self-management. And all of this helped me identify and eliminate, or at least minimize distractions. I learned how to prioritize and say no to things that ultimately weren't valuable to me, that were not aligned with what I wanted to do. And I started to double down on nourishing myself with good food and better sleep. And this was when I started to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning to write while everyone else was asleep because it was the only time I had to myself. It was the only time my house was quiet. Now, I'm not inherently a morning person, far from it. Prior to becoming a mother, I had worked nights as a ballroom dancer and teacher. So I would get home around 11, I'd fall asleep around midnight, and I'd usually wake around 10, or 10.30 a.m. And my kid was and still is a night owl, so maybe it's hereditary. But the early rise took some time for me to adapt to, but it was my only option. And now it's become a fully ingrained habit. Nowadays, my schedule goes something like this. Monday through Friday, I'm up between 5 and 5.30 a.m., sometimes as early as 4.30 a.m., but generally it's around 5.30 a.m. I go downstairs, I brew the coffee, and while that's going, I feed my cats, I clear some dishes out of the sink, and then I go upstairs, coffee in hand, and I write anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour. Now around 7 a.m., I warm up the car so I can take my kid to school and we're on the road by 7.30. 
The rest of the day is spent doing busy work for clients or creating content for this podcast. I pick up my kid from school around 3.15. We're home by 3.30 if there aren't any other errands or dentist appointments, etc. And by this time of day, I'm pretty fried. But this is when I'll work on more technical things like loading up my podcast to my website or writing the content, getting the SEO in place, or I'll tinker with the emails I send out to my subscribers. But the morning is my best time to write. It's the ideal time for me. And it's the first thing I give myself. Sometimes I get an uninterrupted hour or 45 minutes, or sometimes it's just a half hour. But the rest of the day is for other work and for my kid. On weekends, I still start early, maybe around six or seven, but I generally write until about noon. That's when I break. On alternate weekends, when my kid is with his dad, I'll write for longer stretches. So that's how I fit writing into a full and hectic schedule. I do it first thing in the morning before I do anything else, and I've been doing it this way for years. Now, do I miss some mornings? Yeah, some mornings I just need more sleep or I'm just burnt out and I need to take it slow and easy. But mornings have been my go-to time to write for years and I've adjusted it accordingly since becoming a mother. So here are four ways to integrate a consistent, thriving writing practice into your life. Number one, the first step, identify your optimal time to write. When are you in flow? When does the writing feel effortless? When do you lose track of time? You need to be in a flow state where the writing feels easy. It's when you're most receptive and you have the greatest momentum. You want to ride that momentum. It's a higher state of consciousness. In flow, you're relaxed, you're receptive, you lose sense of time, you lose sense of self. It's a higher state of consciousness. Now, even rewriting requires this flow state. Rewriting is not just this left brain activity, it's also a receptive process that requires a flow. So you want to identify when you're most in flow. For me, it's always morning. It's when I have the most creative energy. After around noon or so, anytime after lunch, it's just diminishing returns. But this is when I can take on other work that doesn't burn so many calories. You want to make your flow state your regular writing time, even if it's just a half hour or an hour, even if it's only 20 minutes. You want to make that non-negotiable. Close the door. Let your family know that you're working. Also, think of your ideal writing environment. You know, I'm one of those writers who can't write when anyone else is in the room. So when my office door is closed, unless there's an emergency, I am off limits. When I was living in Manhattan, I used to go across the street to Timothy's Cafe every morning and write in my journal. It was the first thing I did every morning. Now, there's something about the smell of coffee and the eclectic furniture and the ambient sounds that get me really creatively fired up. 
But if I was writing on my computer in my apartment, I had different strategies. I lived on Second Avenue on the second floor of a walk-up with seven lanes of traffic outside my window. It was noisy and chaotic, and that isn't really good for me. So I bought a sound machine that had ocean sounds or rain or birds chirping, really any sound that could blunt out the traffic noise. So number one, think about what time of day you're most in flow, your optimal writing state. Some people are more in flow at night, others in the morning, like me, and then think of what environment you work best in. Number two, protect your time. You can't make time. You can only make choices. It's not a renewable resource. Stephen Covey, who wrote The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, this is one of the books I turned to early in the day, said that we can't manage time. We can only manage ourselves. Now, we've all heard this maxim. We all have the same 24 hours a day, but that's not true. We don't all have the same 24 hours a day. Some of us are working multiple jobs while raising kids. Some of us have health challenges. Some of us are retired and have as much time as we want. We could write all the live long day. My 24 hours pre-motherhood was completely different than the 24 hours a day I had as a young mother, and it's completely different now as a working single parent. So the book that changed everything for me was 168 Hours, You Have More Time Than You Think by Laura Vanderkamp. I'll link to her book in the show notes. This book changed my relationship to time completely. I think it's fair to say that this book changed my life. One of the most powerful things I learned to do was to track for just one week how much time I spent doing everything. And I mean everything. How much time I spent sleeping, cooking, eating, reading to my kid, playing with my kid, shopping, showering, hanging out on Facebook, watching movies. So the time log is a lot like tracking where all your money goes. You start to see where you're wasting money and what you can let go of and put back into your account. So whenever I find myself starved for time, I track where I'm spending it for a week so I can do the math, see where I'm wasting it and for how long I'm wasting it so that I can put some of that time back into my writing. The thing with tracking where your time goes is you you become super conscious about where all your time leaks are and all those missed opportunities you have to spend time on what matters. Again, we don't make time, we make choices. But here's where this book changed my relationship with time. If you think of 24 hours a day, well, that's pretty stressful, right? So let's say you work a full-time job and you commute maybe two hours a day. Then you come home and you cook and you clean up and then you have all these errands to run and just all the preparation that goes into a full-time job. And then you have kids to raise on top of that and you'd like to sleep. So the math is daunting. But if you think of 168 hours in a week, 
well, that's more manageable. It's more abundant. Look, you don't have to write every single day. You just have to write consistently. Maybe for you, it's three times a week for an hour a day. Maybe it's every weekend, but you need to eliminate those low level distractions that are eating up your time. And you have to say no to activities that aren't valuable to you. So for me, I opt out of weekly Zoom meetings with the nonprofit organizations I write for. Why? Because I know it's not a good use of my time or my energy. Email is okay, but I check business emails around 4 p.m. every day or so. I don't respond to emails right away when I get them or texts. One of the things I learned was not to train people that you'll respond to them as soon as they text or email. So I'm not refreshing my email feeds every hour. I keep those tabs closed. Boundaries, set them. Set boundaries for yourself and set them with others. Every time you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And every no is a yes to something else. So make space for what matters most to you. Also, keep in mind that as a writer, you're not just writing when you're at your desk. Being a writer is becoming aware of the world around you. So observe, take notes, jot down things that strike you as interesting or fascinating, things that you're curious about, people, objects, settings, or even your own thoughts. Number three, eliminate distractions. I know for myself, when I'm working, it's too easy for me to click on Facebook and then fall down the rabbit hole. My mind wanders a lot. It's why writing is good for me. It's one of the only ways I can stay focused. So if I leave my writing to hop on Facebook for a little reprieve, I find myself clicking on articles or dance videos, and I can easily fritter an hour away this way. I know this is a weakness of mine, so I make it a point to close all my browser tabs when I'm working so that when I hit that inevitable block, which I always do, I'm not pulled out of the flow because those detours can take up more time than you're aware of. So you want to track yourself. Now, it's good to take breaks, but don't use Facebook as your break. If you want to take a break, just step away, maybe go downstairs, do some laundry, do something else, but just step away from the computer. Do something more productive. Now, when I first did the time log exercise, I realized that I was spending on average about two hours a day on the internet, specifically social media. I was mostly reading and clicking on links to articles and then going off to Google. It's, it's a weakness of mine for sure. Now, I also have a Writer Unleashed community on Facebook, so I like to spend some time there, but I make it a point to do this later in the day, around 3 or 4 p.m., so that it's not distracting me during my writing time. And number four, take care of yourself, eat healthier, stay hydrated, get enough sleep, do some movement. Now, this may seem counterintuitive, and it's often the first thing to go when I'm spinning too many projects, but 
We need to be bringing our A game to our writing. Writing is a rigorous practice. Now, some days I just take a 10 minute dance break or I do 20 minutes of yoga. This comes in handy, especially when I'm creatively fatigued or I'm feeling scattered. Moving my body even 10 to 20 minutes or so always, always makes the writing go better. Because it's not just the time that you have or the hours that you have, it's the quality of mind that you bring to those hours. So take care of yourself. You are your greatest creative asset. So as we head into 2022, to keep a consistent, thriving writing practice, even if your life is hectic, Number one, identify your ideal time to write. When are you most in flow? When do you have the most momentum? Is it first thing in the morning or late at night? What's your ideal creative environment? Make a routine based on that criteria. Remember, you don't have to write every day. You just have to make it consistent. Make writing a habit. Number two, protect your time. If you really want to know where your time is going, track everything you do for one week. Commuting, working, showering, eating, picking up your kids, etc. See where your time is being spent and see where your time is being wasted and put some of that back into your writing time and protect it fiercely. Say no to things that aren't the best use of your time and energy so you can say yes to the things that are. Number three, eliminate distraction. When you're writing, resist refreshing your email or hopping on Facebook. Close all irrelevant browser tabs. I even keep my phone in a different room. And number four, take care of yourself. Practice self-care. It's not how many minutes or hours you have. It's the quality you bring to the minutes and hours that you do have. You are your greatest creative leverage. So be good to yourself. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Writer Unleashed. If this episode resonated with you, please go leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Reviews are key to keeping Writer Unleashed on the top of the charts where other writers can find us. I'll see you next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, join us on our private Facebook group, Writer Unleashed Community. It's totally free to join. And if you want more free resources, plus writing tips, I only share an email. Sign up over at nancypinuccio.com. I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Till then, keep writing, and I'll talk to you soon.